Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are. Um, I'm becoming a little bit frustrated with that intro and I'm beginning to think that I need to find something a little bit different, with a bit of flavour to actually come to the podcast with. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to apologise for not delivering the podcast as I said I would, or maybe not as I said I would, as scheduled, which is usually, sorry, on a Sunday. Um, but what had taken place was the Under-23 tournament, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, which I'm very disappointed with, and I'm hoping I don't speak too much from the heart and I have a bit of balance about me as I go into some of the topics of today. But also, the GFA announced that they were going to be um, um, delivering or certainly providing information in regards to our DNA going forward. So this is from grassroots up into the first team, talking about or providing a philosophy by which everybody in some respects will be able to follow. So all Ghanaian sides will have some form of um, um, identity about them. And I think that is really, really important going forward. I think based on our previous podcast about Bernard Lipper and his history and what he's currently done with the GFA and the stuff like that. So I said he was doing some good work and it's not going to be something overnight in which we're going to see results. I think it's going to take a good five, potentially even 10 years before you see results based on some of the things that he may put in place. And that's not to say that he will follow up on all of those things. But I think um, I think some of the things that he's trying to implement by way of what should take place, I think you're not going to see results for a period of time. But what I'm going to do very, very quickly, I'm going to get to some of the brief news at hand and then I'm going to talk a bit more in length in regards to um, the under-23s and then also the, the DNA. Truth be told, there's not much information about the DNA, but I do want to talk about it even a little bit because I think it crossed paths with some of the under-23 stuff that I want to talk about. So today, and because you'll be the podcast will be released on a Thursday, the World Cup qualifying groups are going to be announced, or the draw is going to take place, sorry. So I'm reading this off Ghana Soccer Net. Um, like to give my credit where credit is due. Um, so Ghana are likely to face West African neighbours, Cote d'Ivoire or Mali, in today's CAF draw. So I'm going to re- read part of the article. Um, Ghana are likely to be handed a group that includes West African neighbours, Ivory Coast or Mali for the 2026 FIFA World Cup qualifications. The draw is stated for today, as mentioned before. The ceremony for the draw is taking place, as I said today, in Ivory Coast. Um, the Black Stars find themselves in pot two of the seedings and will be drawn against any of the teams in pot one, which I will detail in just a moment, to which they include the Ivory Coast and Mali. So let me just go through pot one. So in pot one, there is Morocco, Senegal, Tunisia, Algeria, Egypt, Nigeria, Cameroon, and Mali and the Ivory Coast. And I'm going to go and touch upon pot two, which has Burkina Faso, ourselves Ghana, South Africa, Cape Verde, Congo, Guinea, Zambia, Gabon, sorry, and Equatorial Guinea. Now, I was thinking about this before because I actually began a recording and I had to stop it due to someone knocking on my door, in which I was saying that I don't see why, no, no, actually based on recent results, there's no reason why Ghana should be in pot one. But based on our resources and based on our history in the game in Africa, there's no reason why we shouldn't be in pot one. But we are where we are due to our recent results and actually where you deserve to be placed. Um, ultimately, I think the results in recent history haven't been good enough. And I think Ghana are placed in pot two because of where we find ourselves over the past eight, five 
if not 10 years. And I've been honest, we've been dining off that um, 2006 or 2010 World Cup for far too long. And I think someone needs to say that. And I'm saying it today. Dining off that far too long. There's been things that have been good in recent time or in between that, but we've been dining off that. And I think things need to change. Um, yeah, things need to change. I'm not, so by the way, I'm not even happy with my energy today as to almost the vim that I'm coming with as to, um, where we are in pot two and where Ghanaian football is. But the results of the under 23 thing, it just like really set me off. So, um, I'm going to get into that. And actually what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to play a clip in just a moment. Um, but let me just run through some of the results. I was running through the results. Please tell me. Superb. Okay, so in our first game, which I think I touched upon, Ghana played Congo and we won 3-2. I think it was a last gasp winner, if I'm correct. Let me have a look at this. 83rd minute. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. We were 3-0 up. And in fact, I, I I recorded the victory. I recorded the um the results saying it was 3-0. So we were 3-0 up and then Congo scored two late goals. Goodness gracious me. Anyway, a win's a win. Then we went into the Morocco game and I've looked at, I've had to look at the stats because I didn't watch all the game. I watched, I watched some of the game. And like, by this point, I think it was 4-1 or 5-1. Either way, you know, like Ghana seemed like they were playing relatively well or certainly like things were taking place, you know, shots on goal, all that type of stuff. Mind you, the game is done, but we, we looked very much in the game. You know, if the score line wasn't there, you would have thought, Do you know what? This is a very, very close game, but we lost the game 5-1. And I looked at the stats and I saw, 21 shots to 11. Ghana had 21 shots to a Morocco's 11. Five on target to Morocco's 11. Fair play to Morocco. You take your chances, you win the game. Morocco had 58% possession to our 42, um, 42% possession. Now, some of those stats can be skewed in some respect as to sometimes they don't tell the full story. Morocco won the game. That is that. You've got to give, give credit where credit is due. They're a great side and a great footballing nation and, and always develop very, very good talents um, in North Africa. In generalising, sorry. Um, I'm going to play a voice note or very, play a clip by someone very, um, momentarily. All right, but I think... Fact, let me play the clip first. And let me tell you this. I don't even speak tree, but I understand what this guy's on about. So I'm going to find this clip. Please find this clip. Please, please, please find this clip. I hope it plays... Yeah. The Black Meteors of Ghana, any Guinea match, you know, yeah, they are about For the first time in so many years, Ghana has once again recorded our worst under 23 record after conceding five solid goals against Morocco. That goes into the record books as our worst. Under 23 record, very sad. Now you need to say a bit to me and win against Guinea. Now you to me a qualify, but unfortunately, no. Wangua imano yabu ashema yeno equalizer ebai. First of all, we game planner. Yadibo Morocco na it was no different from Yadibo Guinea. Mihu line up no. From a technical perspective, one question I may be saying is, where is Ernest Niyama? Because Ubien himself, he's our best ball juggler. Timikwana Mikasi Wepra. Niyama tina bench until say, Yimano Yabua, Ipraya na Olympi. 
Ntia ye force substitution ni ye di niyama bewe manye sa anke biya niyama omo buwani bi. In all honesty, a free year banye should have sat on the bench for niyama to play. Because obo fatao on the left wing, a free year on the right, and ye boa in the middle. Obye ni mse niyama is a better dribbler. Echi ye free year. I'm going to leave it there. Now, this is a 10-minute clip, and I'm going to go back to it, to be fair, because I've only watched the first few minutes. But as he began, I thought to myself, I feel this guy. And sometimes I just randomly put things in, in YouTube and, and hope to find results that kind of, like, speak to me. So I'm going to say his YouTube page. So it's Dan Kwekuyoboa TV. He's got 122 subscribers. Sorry, 122,000 subscribers. So big up you, first and foremost. And this... um. This, uh, so the description, or sorry, this video was taken after our 1-1 result against Guinea in which we were knocked out. So he said two or three things which spoke to me immediately, all right, that I wanted to talk about. Because I was looking for this kid. Now, what? No, no, no. Sorry. All, right, sorry. all right, let me say a few things he said. So he discussed that <laughs> the 5-1 was the worst result we've had, I think, in the history of the under-23s. That never should have happened. I don't know why that happened. But that never should have happened. But irrespective of that, I still think we should have went into that game against Guinea and we still should have beaten them. That's not to say that they're a bad side. I just think that's what should have happened. And I don't know if that sounds immature for myself. And it may sound a little bit immature, to be fair. All right. But I think he has gone on to say, Dan Kweku Yoboa, where was... Sorry, I can't even pronounce... Ernest... Sorry. Ernest... Sorry, I forgot his name. Ernest Numu... Um, oh, Andrew, look at me. I've just completely forgot his name. He was the number three. Um, Ernest Namui. Andrew. Anyway, you know exactly who I'm talking about. In fact, I want to find him in just a moment. Anyway, let me continue talking because you heard him say his name in the, in the description. I'm so annoyed that I can't even pronounce his name. Now, like... Sorry, sorry his, his spelling is here, sorry. It's Ernest N-U-A-M-A-H. I'm so annoyed I can't really pronounce his name at this moment in time. All right, now I'm telling you, he is a baller. And I had to do my research. He plays for Norgeland. All right, really, really, really good player. All right, and speaking to the DNA of Ghanaian football, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, he is the type of footballer you actually want to focus your team around. Mind you, in the when you're in youth football, for me, it's all about development. But when you're looking for results, you've got to build around someone. Now, I've looked here and I've seen some notes in the comments about apparently the coach said. The number three was injured, um, I think, going into the game. All right? I, I have no... Anyway, but he was injured going into the game. For me, if you've got a player that quality, you shouldn't even be losing games, let alone losing 5-1. How has that happened? I didn't see one player that we came across, so we played against, that was better than him. And I thought we had a decent side, based on what I looked at. But anyway, I'm not going to do the... um. And the semantics and the hyperbole and, and just start ranting and raving for no reason. I guess I have a lot of disappointment because there's no reason why we should have lost that game. Sorry, there's no reason why we came third in that group. Third in that group. No way. No way. I can accept, Mo I can accept um, Monaco. I can accept Morocco winning the tournament. No problem. But there's no way we shouldn't have come out of that group. Not a chance. Lost 5-1. 5-1. No way. Anyway, let me move away from that um, because I'm speaking again from an, emo an emotional standpoint and I don't really want to do that. But it's more so from disappointment. 
Because a lot of good work has happened over the past, I'm going to say, month or so. In fact, the last episode, I said I was going to do pretty much a review of the 2022-2023 season. I think I will do that actually next week to kind of like grade where the GFA have come. But over the past week, Jesus Christ, I'm fuming. But mind you, hopefully, I'm, I, I like to believe what I'm going to talk about next, which is the, G, the, the DNA of Ghanaian football. Hopefully that brings um, um, some sort of happiness to, to the rest of this to the rest of this podcast and hopefully I'm going to, well, I'm going to try to change my mood. Um, if I'm honest, no, no, come on, Andrew, let's get through this podcast very quickly. Okay. So to the DNA. So I'm going to read the article and this has come from modern Ghana. So the news came out, I think it was before the Sunday, I think it was in which the podcast comes out in regards to the DNA and the philosophy of Ghanaian football going forward from grassroots to the first team was going to be released. And there's going to be something like a manual in which every coach should have, and should be aware of. So it's something that's universal, um, ubiquitous, ubiquitous um, across Ghana. So I'm going to read the article. The Ghana Football Association on Wednesday, the 12th of July, officially announced, sorry, officially launched, sorry, the national football philosophy known as Ghana Football DNA in Accra. Kurt Kraku, who is the boss, who is the FA um, chief, lauded the decision, saying it's an important building block for the country's football. I totally agree, by the way. Totally agree. So despite the fact that I'm a little bit annoyed, I totally agree. So some good work has been done in recent time, but I think this is even I think this is a good this is a good move as well. Because do you know what? Speaking to actually the whole director of football thing, I think having a director of football kind of gives you some form of direction as to the type of football you want to be played at your club. That the director of football leads the philosophy in some respect as to how football should be played. And I think having some form of a DNA, again, provides that this is how we want to play football going forward. So when you actually eventually make your way to the first team, there's no confusion as to how football is played. Do you know? Despite the fact that you're you're dealing with different footballers who have different different characteristics, etc., etc., I think it's a, there's a, there's an all-round understanding of how we want to play football. So I think it's a very, very good move, to be fair. Today marks, continuing, sorry, today marks a momentous um, epoch, I don't know, I've never heard of that word before, um, or a momentous, let's say, um, moment in, in history, sorry, today marks a momentous um, day in the history of Ghanaian football. He highlighted the comprehensive nature of the publication which identifies Ghana's football, Ghana's football characteristics, strengths, weaknesses, values, and history, providing a clear picture for the nation's football identity. Referring to, sorry, referring to the field of genetics, Akraku explained the concept behind the name Ghana's football DNA, stating an organism, an organism's DNA refers to its unique genetic codes and specific set of instructions through which it functions. It is, sorry, it is that by which a thing is specifically recognized. Akraku further acknowledged the different terms used to describe Ghana's brand of football over the years such as multi-system and ag- agoro. I'll need to look into those, and I think it'd be interesting to look into those. And drew parallels with how other nations have, ha- other nation states, sorry, have built identities for their football. I think that's a really, really good point, and I think it's really, really interesting that he's done his homework in regards to other footballing nations and how they have a DNA and how they play football, etc., etc. And I think it's really important. I think it'd be really interesting to find out whether other... African nations have a DNA as well. That's something also I need to look into. I think it'd be really good. He stressed the need to strengthen the fundamentals of Ghanaian football to compete on the global stage. Well, could have fooled me. But anyway, um, 
I think that's a bit of anger from the under-23s. But again, that's not necessarily something that might be born out of recent time. That might be something that... Anyway, let me not give anybody any excuses. It was unfortunate, and as a result, that's passed. The, DNA, the football DNA is a long-term plan aimed at fostering growth and excellence in Ghanaian football. Okraka expre- expressed confidence that it would form the bedrock of Ghanaian of football development in the country. I hope so. Um, he credited the hard work of technical director Brandon Lipper and the team of industry professionals involved in its, in its creation. We've yet to actually see this this document. So um, although I'm going to agree, I'm going to kind of like hold comment for a moment. According to the FA president, the publication is essential reading for everyone involved in Ghanaian football at all levels. It will synchronise our development programme right from grassroots to the heights of our football pyramid and ensure that when Ghanaian teams are playing anywhere, they'll be distinctly recognisable. I think that's, that's that's really, really important, by the way. But the same goes for our coaching as well, by the way. So, like, obviously, our next article is, is based on, actually, the history of some of our coaches and highlighting coaches and things of that nature. Who are some of our best coaches? Do you know? Like, Sorry, um, that's a rhetorical question. Because I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I think I've done enough information or enough research in regards to Ghanaian football. But I couldn't tell you our best coaches. All I do know is that we like to recruit coaches from the backwaters of Eastern Europe to uh, to um, to to manage our, our, our senior team. And while there has been success, I'm sitting there and thinking to myself, no, look at look at Senegal or look at other nations, Cameroon, sorry, who have done who've done, who who've gone down the route of actually employing coaches from their country. There's no reason why we shouldn't be, be employing coaches from other countries to anyway that's another subject on its own if i'm honest because brazil are going to employ carlo angelotti but up until now they've never gone down that route but Ghana, over the past 10 15 years anybody bruv just picking at anybody anyway let me continue speaking from an angry place while football continues to evolve and develop and change over the years in the face of technology we need to have a distinctive distinctive style of play while employing these new and advanced traits that fit into our game. Correct. Correct. Um, the, implement, the implementation phase of this project is vital. How much more of this article? Okay, cool. I remain confident that members of the technical sector, i.e. coaches, technical directors, sport teachers, physical trainers, and many others within the category can tra- transform our football as it remain essential in charge, in, sorry, remain essential in change we yearn to see in our football for, from this day onwards. Witnessing the fruits of today's launch may require time. I've said this. Days, weeks, months, even years. It will require years. However, with patience, the results will reflect to the sacrifice and com- collective commitment we dedicate to this new pathway. It's my humble pleasure to invite you all into deeper exploration of Ghana's phys- football philosophy as we continue laying the foundations for Ghana's resurgence as a football nation, he concluded. That is the that's the end of the article. Okay, superb. Okay, fantastic. We're actually going to end the article and end the podcast pretty much momentarily. Do you know what? I cannot, despite the fact I'm really annoyed. There's not much he said. There's not, in fact, I don't think there's anything he said in here is wrong. For me, it's just about looking at this this document and and you know just kind of like breaking it down and finding out, um, you know how foolproof it is in some respect. You know, how, can it really be implemented, etc., etc. And actually, it's quite funny because I saw another video somewhere of someone said. Like, there's no reason why this, 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 this documentation or this, this DNA thing couldn't have been done as a documentary, you know, instead of putting a manual. Should be something that's on paper. Should be something that we should all see and visit. Yeah, we should, we should, we should, well, 
ideally in some respects, not, and not to say that it won't be done, it would be lovely to have it in a video format as well. But that's just me, you know, and other people, some people like reading, some people are good at taking information by reading, and some people need to see things. And that's not, that's not adults, we're talking about children as well. Um, that is pretty much it for this week's episode. I've spoke from a very frustrated place, very frustrated place, but hopefully you've taken some things out of this podcast. Um, again, apologies for the delay of the podcast. I wanted to wait for the DNA thing to come out and also wanted to wait for the under 23 tournament to kind of finish in some respect. Congratulations to, um, to Morocco. Um, I would say commiserations to Ghana, but I am not providing any commiserations. I think it was a poor showing and it's a reflection of where we are at this moment in time. I think there's some good work being done, but clearly there's also some not very good work being done as well. And that's, I'm not even trying to point the fingers at the coaches. I'm saying somewhere in there, something is not quite right. Anyway, guys, take care. And we'll be back in about a week or so. So look after yourselves. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and unfold in the coming weeks. As always, you got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnieu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you.